How many people have heard the phrase, you are what you eat? So I would say by what I've seen at the Snack Shack this week, a bunch of you are Sour Patch Kids, Skittles, Twinkies, and milkshakes. Cotton candy, I forgot cotton candy, sorry, yes. You are what you eat, right? Like, we hear that, we hear that, we, we imagine that. But if, if we think about what we've been doing this week, right, when we arrived here on Sunday, we started Mass, we, we began everything with an invitation. The fact that you were invited to come to CYSC Damascus, ah! or maybe you were dragged or forced, but, but somehow you arrived, and there was this invitation that was placed before you, and we made an invitation to God on that very first Mass. Do you remember that? We invited the Lord with our hands wide open to come and move in our hearts, to be able to drop whatever it was that was interfering in our lives, that was preventing him from being the Lord. And we moved on to the next day, and we talked about the goodness and the beauty of repentance, how after we've been invited by the Lord, he wants to he wants to forgive us where we maybe have fallen short. He wants us to be able to repent and see the beauty and the gift of that. We want to see that when we come forward for Eucharist, it's better than receiving a million dollars, right? It's the most joyful thing in the world. It should rock our very core. And then we moved on to the idea of what it meant to be consumed and to have the Lord consume our lives, every little element of it from our relationships our families, our friends, our activities, and that we know that there's a devil out there who's trying to devour us. How much more is Jesus trying to consume us, to come after us, to pursue us so passionately? We talked about the idea of being exposed in worship and how that can be terrifying, how that can be uncommon, how that sometimes has to be taught, and other times it's very natural. Yesterday, We talked a lot about the idea of the encounter. And we walked with Jesus as we encountered others, saints, who have gone before us, who had an encounter with him. And last night, Jesus came and was with you face to face. And we're growing growing closer to the end. So we've invited, we've repented, we've We've consumed, we've encountered. What's next? What's left? What am I called to go and do now? Because I can't stay here. It'd be great, but I'm pretty sure someone, I live in someone else's house, so I know for sure I can't stay here. And I'm pretty sure there's more campers that are coming after you, and you probably have plans to go do when you get back home, and we could all use a nice, warm, clean shower. Yeah. And so mission becomes this next step. And, we, and you hear a lot about mission, like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a missionary. I'm called to go on mission. I'm called to do mission stuff, right? How many of us wear a crucifix or a scapular or have some CYSC merch or wear some type of clothing that says Catholic or Christian or your school or something like that? Yeah, Some of us do, some of us don't. We all have external signs that can serve us as Christians. Some of us even have tattoos, you know? Like, I have tattoos, not a big deal. It's like, I have my nice, I can't even get it. So I have like a tattoo on my arm. I I keep it hidden because I don't want to be a distraction at Mass. But like, like, it's a symbol of Christ, right? It's the pilgrim cross, right? I didn't even know this until I got here, but this one apparently, 
is like the symbol of the Fonzette Coleman, like the Savior, right? So like, you're not going to see that every day, but like, have you looked at our religious brothers and sisters? Have you seen Father Manuel walk around this soggy brown habit after he got blobbed? We've seen all the priests and their clerics. Like, we have these external signs that show us to be Christian. But what about the internal signs? What about the things that aren't seen, aren't known, aren't expressed? That's where mission really happens. Some of you go to Catholic school. Some of you go to public school. Some of you go to homeschool. That probably be the most difficult school to go to. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good school, but, like, trying to evangelize your parents, like, that can be tough. Trying to evangelize your siblings, that can be tough. Trying to evangelize your teachers and your friends and your teammates, that can be tough. So we have external signs, but we have internal signs. All of us, by baptism, have a marking, amen? Amen. How many of you have been able to experience the sacrament of confirmation? How many of you are anticipating experiencing the sacrament of confirmation? Yeah! That's a second indelible mark waiting for you. But no one's going to see it. No one's going to know it. Only you. And like the 150 people you're confirmed with. So these external signs, they, they have to, they're not the only thing that matter in the end. It's what I'm getting at. The other thing is on this mission, uh, we're called to do some, some fun and goofy things. Something that hasn't really been explicitly stated here at Damascus, something I know about because I'm on the end. <laughs> Damascus missionaries have this thing called theology of play. All right, I'm giving a little some trade secrets, but it's okay. So like when we do all the fun stuff, we're jumping around, we're, we're running around, we're doing goofy things, it's because God the Father wants us to have fun with him. Like, when we go out and we do archery tag, and what was the game we played? It was uh, Cheech? 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 Whatever it was. Someone had to come and revive us. What did you have to do to revive us? You had to pray. You gave us a, you gave a Hail Mary. I got shot four times by Murphy. And I got revived four times by, by my guy, so that was good. But like we, we're called to have fun with the Lord, right? And so like when we applaud and we cheer and we clap, like that's so good and it's so beautiful because you can tell that you all want to be a part of something bigger. You want to be a part of a group. You want to belong to something. And that's our, our way of showing that. Like last night in there, adoration and veneration, how was that? That was, that was fire, right? And when we started singing Yeshua, we're just calling on Jesus' name like, you got hype. And there was joy. And that's the theology of play that God wants to have all the time. But for some reason, when we go to Mass, we turn off that switch. We're like, nope, I'm at Mass. Must be rigid. Must be silent. Must be quiet. Like, no. And if that's where you're going back to, I'm not sorry for you. But instead, I'm inviting you to be bold, to do something bold. Like, talk to your priest and say, Father, I don't like our music. I think we need something better. Okay, Father, I, I, don't, I don't get your homily. Okay, tell me. Father, I, I want to serve Mass. I want to read at Mass. I want to, at some point in the future, when I'm 16, distribute communion at Mass. At least that's for our diocese. 
get involved. Like, that's where mission begins. You can have the fun at Mass all the time, but yet there's also shortcomings. There's difficulties, and this is where I, I pray that we really break through some things today is there are lies and there are wounds that the devil is going to try to tell us or is try to put in us that's going to try to prevent us from living out mission. For the longest time, I don't know why, I despised being short. I'm really not that short. I'm like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, on a good day. And but like, but like when I was in 8th grade, 8th grade, I was 4'8", the shortest kid in my class. And for whatever reason, like that just bugs me all the time until I finally embraced it. Until I embraced it and said, actually, what I think is my disadvantage is my advantage. You know, I, I didn't like it when people made fun of my hair all the time. Like, I love being a redhead. And for whatever reason, they call me a carrot top and all these other things. Like, you don't have a soul. I'm like, yeah, I do now. Boom. I got baptized. <laughs> like, whatever it is, like, if it's our looks, our actions, like, we can let these things try to impact us in such a way it's like, the devil wants you to not live your mission. The devil wants you to not be joyful. The devil wants you to not have this theology of play with the Lord. Let's just say the devil is a jerk, all right? So without like, we don't ever want to talk to him or anything, but it's like, the devil's a jerk. Just say that. The devil's a jerk, right? He's a jerk. He's a jerk. And we're not going to talk to him. We're not going to let him in our lives. But we have to acknowledge whatever that shortcoming is like, okay, I'm going back. I'm just really nervous because I don't have a support system. Before you go back, ask your, your, your group to pray for each other. Maybe you're like, okay, I, I'm happy to go back. I'm ready to do that, but I don't think the Lord wants to use me. And right now, I'm just going to renounce that lie because Jesus has made each of you in his image as a son or as a daughter to be his voice and to be his mouthpiece and to be his arms and his hands because we are what we eat. We consume a God, a king who died for us so that we can, through our baptism, have a prophetic and a priestly and a kingly identity. Now, I know what you're saying, like, Father Jay, all this sounds great, you know, because when I'm at Damascus, I have all these things that, like, make it so much easier. Like, we have amazing and epic worship and amazing and epic music, right? You know, speakers will get up on stage, and you start to hear, like, some music in the background, and they're going to start to, like, get this, like, theme and this zeal and this energy kind of creeping in. Yeah, something like that. And it's like this, this internal like momentum starts to build. You're like, I can do this. I can be a disciple for Jesus. Like I can live this life. Amen. And, and, and we start to do this and we start to have all these lights going, right? All these lights start going and like we get hyped up and, and we're like, we're cheering, right? And it's, it's exciting. And, and then we have these amazing counselors, these amazing programmers who hype us up. Who get us going? Who can encourage us? But what happens when all of that just stops? When all of that just stops and we go back and there's no lights and there's no sounds and there's no support. There's one person who ultimately matters in the end. Jesus Christ on this crucifix which is going to light up in moments 
in moments, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who can overcome anything in any situation. Yeah, okay. Because it's not about the music or the lights or all the hype. Because when we go home, we're never alone. We're never without. We're never going to be isolated. You know, we suffered through two years of isolation, and I am so sick and tired of that. Amen? Amen. God is calling us for a mission right now. And it's more than just saying like, yeah, I'm ready to do this because of the music and the lights and all the, the sounds and the support. The question that you have to ask yourself, and it has to be asked in your internal heart, it has to be an internal answer. Am I ready to live a mission for Jesus? I don't need to hear that answer. Your counselor doesn't need to hear that answer. The people around you don't need to hear that answer. One person needs to hear that. God. God needs to hear that answer. And it might be, yeah, I am 100% on board, ready to go. It might be, Lord, I, I know I'm supposed to believe this, and I know I'm trying to understand this, and it's hard, but I'm here. It might be, I want to, but, I want to, but this thing is preventing me. Whatever that but is, whatever that thing is, whatever that thorn is, whatever that lie or wound is, that's what we have to give over to him. Because we heard in the gospel, those who saw but didn't see, who heard but didn't, who listened but didn't hear. We are a generation, we are the generation that is the future church. There's not a future church ahead of us, the future church is in this room right now, amen? Amen. So we've invited him. We've received that repentance. We've received that forgiveness. We've consumed him and allowed him to consume us. We've encountered him and walked with him. The next step is the mission. And it's not the external signs. It's not going to be all the applause and cheers. While these are good things, it's going to come down to a decision I have to make. Me, myself, I. Is Jesus going to be the source and the summit of my life? The person I turn to in all of my highs and all of my lows? Is he going to be the one that I, I look to allow for my life to be entirely consumed? And if that's a yes, then good. If that's a maybe, great. And if that's a no, let's discover why. So that we can still come back to him. I mentioned at the beginning, like when you go back to your, to your par- parish and everything, like go and talk to your priest. Damascus changed my life. It changed my life because of the, the people I met here, the missionaries. They showed me unconditional love. They witnessed to me authentic freedom. And when I was nervous and in the back and thinking like there's no way I'm going to put my hands out or do any of that, I watched how they worshipped our king. And I was inspired by them. And it allowed me to authentically turn myself over to God for worship.
I still have my own shortcomings. I still have my own faults. I still have my own failures. But I have a God who I invite every day of my life to come and encounter me. I have a God I can go back to every moment of my life to receive repentance and forgiveness. I have a God who I've allowed to consume what I eat, what I think, what I feel. I've made my choice. And there's no turning back for me. Are you ready to make your choice? If you are, I just invite you now to stand with me. As a church, we are called to bring our prayers and our support to one another. We are called to pray for those who have no one to pray for them. And so when we get to the petitions, again, it's not another time to zone out. It's a time to really actively listen, to hear how God is inviting me to be a voice of intercession for another.